about the uh, topic of my sermon uh, is human revelation. And uh, so this series that we're talking about God's word, uh, I'm going to start by laying a few foundations, going back a little bit, as Josh mentioned, to even the Nicene Creed uh, back in the fourth century. Uh, but we really want to move forward in the next few weeks into what is God saying to us? What is God prophetically speaking to the body of Christ, to us as a church? Uh, and especially timing, what is God saying uh, as we come out of lockdown? I really want to time that, uh, the end of lockdown, uh, and as we move back into a somewhat more normal life uh, with what is God saying to us. And that's why it's so important to take what we're doing every week and discuss it in your life group uh, or discuss it with uh, your, your, your family, your household or a friend, because uh, in discussing God's word together, we really work out what he is uh, saying. So last week we looked at the Nicene Creed. I'm going to quickly review that very, very quickly for those who weren't um, there, just a few pieces of it. I'm not going to read through it all, but um, the first part of the Creed talks about believing in God, the Father, God Almighty. So that's the, the Lord, the Father, uh, that part of the Godhead, the one part. The second part talks about Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all the ages, God from God, light from light, uh, begotten, not made. And then the critical piece I shared last week is that God is of the same, uh, Jesus, sorry, is of the same essence of the Father. So you've got the two first parts of the Trinity there, the Father and the Son. And interestingly, the first four, 500 years of the church was this discussion around who is Jesus. And there was many different theories and there was many different uh, thoughts, schools of thoughts, which came to be known as heresies uh, because the church, the early church decided on Jesus being of the same essence of the Father. So essentially the Father and the Son are made of the same stuff. They're both God. Now we move on to the bottom of the creed here uh, where it talks about the Holy Spirit. Uh, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. And this is the third part of the Godhead, just acknowledging and affirming also that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son and with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. So that also affirmed uh, in, in, the, in the Council of Nicaea, as well as the Council of um, Constantinople, which happened about 50 years later, affirmed the role of the Holy Spirit uh, as part of the Godhead, ultimately affirming that the Trinity, and the Trinity is really where all of our theology comes from. We spoke about that last week. The reason, how do we know God talks to create the universe? How do we even know that he talks? I mean, who are we as human beings here in the 21st century to say what God is like or how he talks or how he sounds? Uh, so how, how do we even begin to say that God talks and have the, uh, I suppose, the confidence to express uh, such an absolute claim? Well, we can express that. The greatest evidence and proof is that God exists and that God talks because he is a trinity. He's not one. He's three. And within the Within the three, there's a conversation, an ongoing conversation that's a conversation built on love, built on mutual submission between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see that God is not one. He is a community, which says so much for us as humans and us as the church and the importance of community. And uh, he communicates first and foremost with himself. And we established this last week that God talks to himself because he is three in one, and it's a loving honoring, submissive, communal conversation. Today, very excitingly, we're going to look at how do we know that God is speaking to us? We know that he speaks to himself, but how do we know that he's speaking to us? How is God's voice 
revealed to us. This is human revelation, humanity, people down here on the earth, knowing that God speaks. How do we know that? How do we know? How do we get inside the loving self-communication of God? How do we get into uh, the Trinity and hear what God is saying? How do we get on the inside? How do we get in? How do we get on the part of the in crowd and therefore know God's word? How do we know? How do we know in our minds and comprehend? How do we know in our hearts and witness that God is speaking? How do we get into that exclusive club, you might say, that exclusive divine community to catch wind of what God is saying, to to have some understanding of what God is like, to, to know his will, to hear his voice, to get that. That's what we're going to discuss today. Before we jump into that, I want a little bit of uh, interaction here in the comments. What is the most prized access invitation ticket or membership that you know of? What is the most prized club that's so difficult to get into? The most difficult place, the most exclusive place that you can think of what's the what's the best ticket in town that's hard to get your hands on what's a exclusive membership that you would love to be a part of or that you might know of you know one of them i'd love to see what you guys think or, or maybe maybe someone is part of some exclusive club uh right here in melbourne we have the uh mcg the melbourne cricket ground and uh there is an exclusive membership club called the melbourne Cricket Club, the Melbourne Cricket Club. I'm going to say it with the right, the right accent. Do you know that to get into the MCC membership group, to become part of that, you've got to wait somewhat 15, 20 years to get into that group to become an MCC member. There is currently, I looked this up as I'm preparing for this sermon, there is currently 200,000 people on the waiting list to get into the MCC membership i actually have right here this is weird that i've got this but i actually have a whole bunch of mcc membership badges that i collected as a child i actually have my own birth date birth year here that's the mcc membership medallion from 1981 1982 and uh, i actually i went and dug these out of the garage i've got a whole bunch here right up until the 90s. It's an exclusive club, invite only. So you've got to have two current full MCC members recommend you to even get on the list of 200,000 people, which will then take you 15 years to possibly get in. But you get in, you get grand final tickets every year, any event at the MCG, you have a reserve seat, your own seat. How about that for prestige? Plus you get to kick around with the uh, High Society of Melbourne. But uh, we've got some, Alian Tanner actually said, uh, grand final here fantasy basketball <laughs> that's not an exclusive club anyone could do fantasy nba teams fantasy premier league teams my friend friendship circle zoe nichols it took me a long time to get into that exclusive club of the zoe formerly hornsby uh friendship circle well once i was in i was able to marry her uh so yeah there's lots of exclusive uh clubs but i've got a better one for you this morning better than anything you can imagine and that is to get into this exclusive divine trinity of the godhead and hear the voice of god and know what he's saying here's the invitation to you and i and to all of humanity god's invitation to us it's in the first three verses of hebrews 
chapter one, and it says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, capital S, that's Jesus Christ, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Everyone say word. It's powerful word. So what we have here is, first of all, the writer of Hebrews is saying to us that God spoke. So one, he speaks. Two, he has spoken. Uh, three, we can maybe hear his voice because the writer of Hebrews here is saying we can hear it. So God has spoken, he has speaks, and he's still speaking today. He spoke first to the ancestors, so the Jewish ancestors, through the prophets. Spoke to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We know those famous uh, stories from the first family. And then God spoke through the prophets to Israel, to Samuel, uh, to King David. He spoke through the, the major prophets. Uh, like Jeremiah and Isaiah, all kinds of things that he spoke to Israel in their present day, and then even forward uh, to us uh, about the Messiah and about things to come. And then you got all the minor prophets at the end of the Old Testament, Hosea and Malachi and, and all these different uh, minor prophets where God said all these various things. But then the pinnacle, the climax, is that despite God spoke through, all throughout history, the climax of his word is that he spoke to us through his son, Jesus Christ. The son is the word of God. But the son is also gives us an insight or shows us the being of God. So what does God look like? How is God? Jesus, Hebrews says, is the exact representation of God. So if you want to know what God is like exactly, it's Jesus Christ as we understand him in the Gospels. God revealed himself through Jesus in word. So what does God sound like? And in being, what does God look like? In the first chapter of John, the gospel writer John tells us in verse 14 that the word became flesh. So he's talking about Jesus here and he says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So God himself, who is in divine community in the Holy Trinity, came down as the second person of the Godhead, the word of God, the exact representation of God, and he dwelled among us. He lived on earth as a common human being, but as also God. And interestingly, we haven't gone into that, but the creed tells us that. The creed deciphered that theology for us, that God is both fully divine and fully human. He is the son of God, but he's also Jesus of Nazareth, a Jewish man who lived in first century Palestine. So we understand that God has spoken to us through history, through the Old Testament, through the Jewish community, and ultimately through Jesus Christ. But how do humans hear this word? The key is in accepting God's invitation to come into his loving community, the Trinity. Now, I showed you this photo last week. This is taken from The Shack, uh, a fantastic, a best-selling uh, book, The Shack, and then it was made into uh, a movie about five or six years ago, highly recommend it. It is a great, uh, under, gives you a great understanding of the Trinity. Uh, I mean, you could argue around the uh, 
the authenticity of the theology, but it gives a great understanding. I suppose it helps break a lot of mindsets, uh, limitations we may have on God. And the movie really gives us an understanding of how God works at three at once. So it's the story of this this guy here. He's actually an Aussie guy, isn't he? The actor there. I forget his name, but he's an Aussie guy. Maybe someone can whack that in the comments for us. Uh, but in the movie, his name's Mac Phillips, and he's in a lot of pain. He's had death, he's had trauma, he's had pain in his family. He goes away to a shack and begins to cry out to God. And God appears to him, manifests to him in the flesh uh, as three in one. So you've got Papa, which is the um, black uh, woman there standing next to him as God. Uh, you've got Jesus, who's the Middle Eastern looking carpenter man uh, it there. And you've got the Asian woman uh, who is the Holy Spirit uh, in the movie called Sarayu, which means breath. And uh, they come and they meet with Mac and they help to, him to work through uh, his incredible pain. But what this picture gives us, and even this little grab from the movie, it shows us how God, humans hear God's word. We hear God's word when we accept God's invitation to come into his loving community called the Holy Trinity. Human revelation, so the revealing of God to humans, is when God welcomes us into his loving triune community. You get to become part of the divine community because you accept the invitation of Jesus Christ. By putting your faith in him, the, the Trinity goes from three to four. You are included. Now you can hear the voice of God because you are part of the divine conversation. When we accept God's invitation, we enter into his conversation so we can hear the word of God because we have a seat at the table. This is the incredible gift of Jesus Christ to humanity. We can hear, uh, sorry, we enter into his conversation, which is God's word. We observe his being so we can see how God's ways, how he acts, how he conducts himself, how he prioritizes. And we can know his priorities, which is the will of God been very challenging for Christians in the church, as it has been for all people, to understand God in light of this phenomenal crisis we're living through the COVID pandemic. But when you enter into relationship with God, you get to understand his word, you get to observe his ways, you get to know his will. And that's what helps us navigate crisis and difficult times. And as we've spoken about on many Sunday mornings the last few weeks, dealing with COVID, dealing with a personal crisis, a death like Mac Phillips in the movie or the book, The Shack, is very, very challenging. But only in crying out to God, knowing God, talking to God, spending time with God, will we accurately navigate and move through a time of crisis without becoming nasty and bitter and a gossiper and a blamer and an accuser and all these sinful things that our humanist tempts us to do, judging this and judging that and making this claim and making that claim and pulling away into isolation and all the things we do, get it, meeting our needs through, through food or binging on Netflix or whatever we do to try and survive, these things can be overcome in a far healthier way, a far spiritually healthy way. And that is by entering in and remembering that we've accepted an invitation into relationship with God. And by being having that seat at the table with the Trinity, with the divine Holy Trinity, we can see the word of God, understand it, comprehend it. We can know his ways. We can understand his will. So how does this, what, how does human revelation work? Let's dig into that 
for a moment, because I'm telling you here that God is revealing himself to you. But how does that work exactly? Revelation is when God reveals himself to humans. By God alone can God be known. So what does this statement mean? You know, what does it mean when someone says, I've had a revelation? I was praying and I had a revelation. I had a breakthrough. I had a moment. God spoke to me. So what does that mean? What does it mean when we have this revelation? Well, it means that God has revealed himself to you. It means that you've seen God for who he really is. Now, the second part of this statement, maybe if we can pop that back up, Mark, is that by God alone can God be known. So this is fascinating, and I hope this shatters some uh, sacred cows for you this morning, because that is my unashamed aim. When you have a revelation, it's because God has chosen to make himself known. It's not because you have attained some level of Christian nirvana, or you've come to some spiritual place through your own intercession and the works of your own hands. No, human revelation is when we see God because he has disclosed himself. Again, as humans, we don't have the ability to wade into God's personal space and just read him however we want, know him because we want it, use our selfish ambition to take from God. No, 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 no. God reveals himself because he desires to be known. And the outrageous thing is that God has always been knowable. God has always been in existence. The moment you have a revelation or that you hear the voice of God, it's just that in your time and in your space, in that moment, you've come to see God for who he is. God is unchangeable. God has always been truthful. God has always been talking. God has always been there. But in a moment, in a fleeting moment, you've come to know him. That is revelation. You've come to see him for who he already is. You've come to understand, finally, in some cases, finally, I got it. So many times in my life, it's been like, oh, finally, oh, all my pride, I've waded through it all. And finally, in humility and patience, I've seen who you already were, God. That's a revelation. This is salvation. God was always true. Jesus has been revealed by God 2,000 years ago. God made himself known through Jesus Christ. But it was in a moment that you saw Jesus as the Son of God and as your Lord and Savior that you had a revelation of Jesus Christ, which changed your life. There's two types of revelation that God speaks to us in. The first is a general revelation. So God has revealed himself generally to all of humanity. So this is God's revelation to all people. It comes through nature. It comes through personal experience. It comes through history. So it's like in Romans 1.20 talks about God being revealed to all humanity through, through, through creation so that no one would be without excuse, Paul says. You can see God because you can see the trees, the animals, the tides that come in and out, the oceans, the complexity of the human uh, body. Uh, I've been through four times that my wife has given birth and it's just the miracle of creation. It's just astonishing. Uh, all of these things shout that there is a God. This is where science reveals the nature of God because we look at the natural world, we study the natural world, and all we can see is, man, there's a creator behind this thing. Personal experience. So I've been through things and God has carried me through. I've had supernatural moments where God has touched me. I've had miracles. These things are general revelation that push people 
to God and history, the hand of God throughout history, moving in order to bring humanity to a place of freedom, to restore all things in our society to a place of love, a place of peace, a place of wealth, a place of human flourishing. This is the work of God through history, God's general revelation. The second side to revelation, so God revealing himself, is called special revelation. This is like Jesus being revealed 2,000 years ago. That's the special, unique, specific revelation of God. That's God is revealed through the scriptures. The Bible is special revelation. This is God's word written in black and white. God narrating and humans writing down by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost what God was saying, putting it in 66 books, which we call the Bible. This is special revelation that can lead you to know the voice of God. The greatest prophecy that you will ever hear is the prophecy of Scripture. It's the more sure word of God. The Holy Spirit given to the church, filling believers, filling the congregation of God, filling the church, coming in Acts 2, being poured out on all flesh. This is the special revelation of God and the witness that we have to the Holy Spirit in our heart. General revelation is for all people. Special revelation is for some people, for those that are willing to listen, those that are willing to accept the invitation of Jesus Christ. He's the invitation given to all humanity by God to come into the Holy Trinity, to hear his word, to know his ways, to understand his will. Now, as we go through this series, what I want to do at different times is I want to talk about some common misbeliefs that we have about the word of God to help us better understand. I'm assuming you want to hear God better. I'm assuming you want to know God's word better. It's difficult to know the truth. But when we know the truth, it has the power to set us free. It's so powerful. It sets our mind free, kills off sacred cows that get in the road, kills off misinformation. I know that you want to hear God more clearly. If you want to hear God more clearly, you need to know him. You need to spend time with him. You need to live in that place of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, where you're listening to his word. We need to do a lot less telling God who he is or should be, or telling everyone else what they should do or shouldn't do because of who God is, and spend a lot more time in loving relationship with God, listening to his word. By listening, we will know it better. Something that's going to help us is exploding some myths, killing some sacred cows, separating what God's word is from all the other things that we like to add to God's word. And this may be a little confronting as we work through this series. I know it's confronting to me. The word of God offends me as it will offend you. And uh, his word is the only thing that's going to decipher between what's true and false, between what's holy and what is carnal. The first common misbelief I want to deal with, I'm going to deal with one today as we finish. But it's this misbelief that God's word is spoken to individuals. Hold your horses. I know that God speaks to us individually. Hear my heart and hear what I'm going to say in this. It is a myth, though, that God speaks to one person alone. He is a community. Let's just go back to our learning from last week and what we've touched on today. God is a loving community, a trinity. He is three in one. The heresy of Unitarianism, which said that God is one and God is alone, therefore God is not a self-community, was dealt with a long time ago, over a millennia ago. We believe in our faith that God is three or one. 
Therefore, straight away, that should give you enough evidence to know that God is three. He's not going to just speak to one human. When God speaks, he always speaks communally. He always speaks publicly. When God speaks, he speaks to humanity. God didn't send Jesus to one person. And then that one person told everyone about Jesus. God, because of his great love for us, sent his only begotten son to humanity. When God spoke to us through the power of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem, my spirit will come down. The Holy Spirit was poured out on 120 in the upper room. Within moments, minutes, he flowed onto the streets of Jerusalem to thousands of Jews that had gathered into Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit was released in power to thousands. By the end of that day, 3,000 were added to the church. When God speaks, he speaks publicly. When God speaks to the church, he speaks to all the believers who are gathered in the church. And I don't mean in the church, the building. I mean the church, the living stones, the people of God, the congregation of God. When God spoke to Abraham, he spoke to Abraham's household. He didn't take Abraham off to a corner and speak to him. And then Abraham went back and was silent. And then God spoke to him in a corner again. And then Abraham went back and he was silent. No, God spoke to Abraham's whole household through Abraham. We know this because it's written in the scriptures. We know this because it came to the Jewish people. He was the father of many nations. God doesn't call someone a father of many nations and then say, I'm going to specifically speak to you, Abraham, in your own prayer time, something special that no one else will ever know, but you'll have the special insight. No, he spoke to his whole household. He spoke to his descendants. He spoke to every nation, tribe, and tongue. When God spoke to Israel, he spoke through the prophets. He didn't speak to one random person in a cave out somewhere in a desert. No, he spoke to the people of God, the Israelites. He spoke through his prophets to them. And the prophet's job was to go and talk to them. When God wanted to talk to Nineveh and Jonah ran away and didn't want to talk to all the people of Nineveh, the entire city of Nineveh, God dealt with him harshly until Jonah's heart turned and he went and said to everyone, this is what God is saying. Why? Because everyone had to know. God speaks with a communal tone into communities, into public spaces. God speaks to us through the Bible. He speaks to the church through the Bible. God's word is never spoken in a vacuum. It's never spoken into, to one person. It's never spoken privately. No human can say, I know. No human can say, God spoke to me in a dream. Therefore, I know. When God speaks to you in your heart, his intention is that that word would always flow out to others. When God speaks to you in your heart to transform you, to change your character, the purpose is that that word would continue to work to impact others. If you think God has spoken to you in a vacuum, you are not hearing the voice of God. If you think God has spoken to you just for you, then you're not hearing the voice of God. Anything that comes to you is for others, is to change you to bless others, is to come through you as a conduit to go and bless somebody else. No one has a monopoly on the word of God. No one has control over private words from God. Whenever we claim that, so, whenever someone claims to have a private exclusive word from God, we tend to call that person a heretic and we tend to call what they start a cult. Muhammad had a private word from God in a cave. John Smith 
had a private word from God and extra biblical information was given to John Smith. And now we have the Mormon church. We don't claim that as Christians. We claim that when God speaks to us, it's for others. It's public news. I want to encourage you with that. Last week, we established that God speaks. He does speak because God is a trinity is three and one. Today, we have established, just as I'm finishing right now, that God speaks to us because we're invited into his loving trinity. And we know that God doesn't speak to us exclusively. He speaks to us for others. He speaks to all people throughout all time. And he's spoken to us ultimately through Jesus Christ. So the big encouragement is continue to connect with Jesus because the word of God will come through listening to him, reading about him and being transformed into the very likeness of Jesus Christ. I hope that's blessed you this morning. I hope that's encouraged you. I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing to unpack the word of God and hear his prophetic voice as we come out of lockdown. Come back, Josh and Lee. We're back. Oh my gosh. That was such a good word, wasn't it, Lee? Yeah. I love it. It's so true. Like it's a special thing to be invited into that divine community. Um, and uh, like while we're speaking here, church, I just invite you to put some comments in about what stuck out to you um, from the sermon as well. So we've got a few things to say. Um, but the thing for me, you know, was, like you said, um, the church is a community and God reveals himself to community because he is a community in his very nature. Yeah. So um, totally agree with that. And, you know, the things that he reveals to me as a person, you know, he can also reveal to Lee the aspects of him. He can also reveal to you watching to you Caleb it might be through a different way that that message comes across but it's still the same message about who God is you know and his his will like you said his priorities um you know and it's it really comes through spending time with him so bang on Caleb great word um there's a few things that have flowed through the chat which we'll just bring up now Lee I know you really loved this yeah go grab one or two Go for it. Yeah, I really love the scripture that Lucy shared. She shared um, the Matthew 16, verse 17, and it says it on the screen, but I'll quickly read it. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this is not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I love that it's by God that he, like he reveals himself through himself, and it's, he wants us to know him and he wants us to be known by him. Like it's not just a one way relationship, but it goes, yeah, it goes both ways. Yeah, totally. And this is, you know, obviously we know the next line is so powerful because that's the introduction of the idea of the church and the yeah. people of God, not just being the Jews, but being the Gentiles. And that's what we see in the church. Jesus goes on to say on this rock, I will build my church. So, this is so this is why it's so core and to, to talk about the God's word, I had to go back to the Trinity and I had to go back to how we are invited into that relationship with God, because this is the rock of the church It's that we hear the voice of God, that God has revealed himself, uh, that we've accepted the invitation, uh, that we are people of revelation, we are people of the word, we are people that are learning. Uh, it's just so critical and so powerful. But I think what we need to do and what we'll do during this series is I just want to keep helping us decipher between what is God's word and how does he talk and what's the other stuff? Because it's the other stuff that um, 
we need to filter out and it's the other stuff that creates uh, the confusion and uh, gets us into error or gets us into distraction or just wastes our time. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, there's been a few other really good comments. Um, we might bring up Kyle's because that sums up a couple of them. Even when God speaks personally to you and I, it's to shape you into a blessing for others. Um, it's always to end in others and not yourself. You know, it's so yes, true, Kyle. Whatever yes. God reveals is not just for you to get better. That's a very selfish way of looking at things, but it's very selfless, the nature of God. And it is yes. to give and grow others more into his likeness. So 100% Helen also echoed that in saying, we can all know him, so pass it on. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it's so true. I love that. Um, yeah, it's I don't confronting, know. isn't it? It's confronting because if God speaks to us in our secret place, our quiet time, and we keep that secret or we keep that quiet, then have we really heard the word of God? Because God's word, it has to compel us to speak up, to bless others. Yeah. It has to, what's the point? You know, people struggle to spend time with God and have prayer times. And I wonder if sometimes that is because the word doesn't flow through the prayer time. Uh, and therefore the prayer time becomes somewhat irrelevant. Why should I pray when I'm just going to, you know, just doing a duty or a discipline that, you know, what does it really matter? But when your focus is others and your focus is, man, God could speak to me and use me to help transform a life. He wants to touch someone. My prayer time is actually a means to an end. It's going somewhere. It's not just an end in itself. I mean, how that would revolutionize a person's prayer time if they're actually mm -hmm. thinking, man, in this moment, God could talk to me something that's going to change me for the, to bless others or give me something to touch someone else, all of a sudden our prayer time has great purpose beyond ourselves. So yeah, I love that, Kyle. I love that, Helen. So yeah. That's a pray? Yeah, for sure. I was about to invite you to pray, close it awesome. off. Awesome. I'd love to. So really well hosted this morning, Tanner Juniors. You guys have done a great job. So let's just bow our heads and uh, pray this morning. Lord, I just thank you for everyone who's here with us today live. And I also thank you for those who will listen later or listen on the podcast later. Lord God, you've, you've been talking, Lord God, since the beginning of your time. Since you said, let there be light, Lord God, we've begun to hear your voice. We thank you, Lord God, that your voice isn't in a vacuum, that we don't have to be concerned or anxious about, did we hear right? Or do I know? Or am I praying enough? Lord, you've spoken to us through Jesus. We have the Bible, the scriptures in front of us, Lord God. Uh, we have the history uh, of your word being spoken and, and proof of you time and time again. Lord, and we know you as three in one, Father, a community and a community that we are welcomed into and invited into through our relationship with Jesus. We thank you for this foundation of your word. And Lord, as we begin to look forward to the next few weeks and hearing your voice, understanding what you're saying to us as a church, to us and our households, Lord God, as we come out of lockdown, Lord, that we'd hear your word like we've never heard before. We'd understand the prophetic nature of the future we're coming into like we never have before, Father God, that your word was continually transform us, transform our church, we pray, Lord God, transform our local community here in Frankston and Casey, Lord God, transform our nation, Lord God, we pray by the power of your word. Without your word, Lord God, Christianity would be nothing. It would just be floating. It would just be a, a, a bunch of uh, arguments, Lord God, and a series of uh, uh, conversations amongst ourselves, but your word from heaven, Lord God, changes all of that, Father God. And we thank you, Lord God. We want to hold on to that. We want to live by it, Lord God. We want to live by the truth of your word that sets us free. 
just commit everyone this morning to you, Lord God. Uh, thank you, Father, that you would continue to work in our hearts as we move through this crisis of COVID, Lord God. Thank you for peace in our hearts. Thank you for all anxiety uh, and stress, Lord God, to come to a rest, Lord God, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. How awesome. Well, Bless you, uh, everyone. <laughs>